Welcome back to the latest episode of My Father Before Me. I'm your host, Brennan Sem. Joining me as usual is my father, Dad. How are you doing? Good. How are you? I am also good. <laughs> Excited to talk about this uh, incredible movie that we have for are us. You? What are you? What do we have today? Well, today we're uh, uh, talking about Masters of the Universe. Now, it's convenient that it's named that because we all know, of course we all know, that it's actually He-Man and the Masters of the Universe it is based on. Now, uh, this came out in, uh, what, 87. Uh, I believe the cartoon was done by then, so they were trying to rekindle some things. Now, the original uh, synopsis for this is they based it off of the... Um, action figures, not the cartoon. And that was uh, right off the bat. I'm sure you'll know. I mean, this probably doesn't have the same uh, um, hit to to the uh, psyche that it does for me. Uh, But there was a lot of pushback on this because they didn't have Cringer uh, and Battle Cat. Who is Cringer? There you go. See, you you don't even get the full brunt of this movie. Well, Cringer was... He-Man, well, Cringer was Adam's, Prince Adam, who was also not in this movie, uh, Prince Adam's pet, Tiger, who was green and orange. Okay. But when Prince Adam held aloft his sword and said, I have the power, which I'm sure you know, because that was actually in this movie, uh, he became He-Man and Cringer became Battle Cat, his mighty steed. Oh. That he would ride into battle. Okay, see, that's what I, I... The whole time I was watching this movie, I was like, doesn't something... He, tr- he holds a sword up and something transforms, but I couldn't remember what it was. Yes. I mean, in, in reality, that's the, uh, you know, the Superman Clark Kent of it all. <laughs> He's uh, in the comics or in the cartoons. He was Prince Adam and then secretly He-Man. And I, I think there was some cartoons where... He had to do the double life thing and stuff because it was supposed to be a secret. I don't remember specifically, <laughs> but uh, anyways, yes, we're talking He-Man or Masters of the Universe. The movie was called as a film in 1987. It did not go over very well. It was another one, of course, that I watched a lot, but it was more because of the nostalgia because I grew up on He-Man. He-Man was my uh, first big action figure thing after Star Wars, of course. Um, when you were a kid, when you were a kid my age, you had all the Star Wars figures, and I had a bunch of them. Uh, but then the He-Man figures came out, and when they specifically created all these new action figures, the He-Man ones, they wanted to make them big and beefy. Well, you've seen them. They're they're big. They're big. They're taller than the <laughs> Star Wars guys. They're big and uh, muscle bound, and you know they they really wanted to, to show off the action part of action figures. <laughs> When they created them. And they specifically went about to do that. Um, I was watching some document documentaries. And, and if you... There's an excellent documentary on Netflix called The Toys That Made Us. And it's a lot more exciting for me because it does talk about this. But it's kind of like that they did the movies that made us. Same people, I believe. Um, but The Toys That Made Us um, took one toy from back in the day. They did Barbie. They did Legos. And just talked through the history. And when they're talking about the history of He-Man... Um, He-Man came about because, um, and I'm going to forget, I'm going to confuse them. There was Kenner and there was Mattel, um, were the big, uh, toys, toy companies. And I believe it was Mattel did He-Man because they passed on Star Wars. Oh, that's yeah. terrible. <laughs> and they realized they made a mistake once Star Wars did what <laughs> it did. Uh, so they were trying to come up with a competition for it, you know? So, so the, the, 
action figures were a direct answer to the Star Wars action figures um, for a different company. And the movie, this movie here, was marketed as, you know, the new Star Wars back in the day. You know, they they tried to push it that. Of course, it wasn't that, but... <laughs> They tried to push it that way. Well, this movie was at least better than the other movie that was supposed to be the next Star Wars, Crawl. (laughs) This is infinitely better than Crawl. Yes. Yeah, I do have to say, at least this one had some kind of property to it. (laughs) It had a plot. (laughs) Uh, But this one, yeah. I mean, it's it's He-Man. You can tell right off the bat that they took He-Man and they put him in, um, well, for the time, modern times, uh, because it's cheaper. Right. This was a low budget movie. Uh, I think uh, they said, well, it started out uh, like I think it was 14 million, but then they gave him extra for 22 million. And that's really the story behind this movie. So this movie, um, you may have heard of it, was from a company called Canon Films. Uh, Canon Films back in the day was trying to make it big. They bought up a bunch of properties. In fact, they owned uh, the license for Spider-Man and they owned the license for Superman. Uh, so when they were trying to make a, they wanted to make a Spider-Man movie, uh, but they didn't have the money for it. So they did a He-Man movie and they did Superman four at the same time. Oh, okay. The producer on the He-Man movie is also the producer on Superman four quest for peace. You know, arguably one of the worst Christopher Reeves Superman's. <laughs> Oh, have you watched that one yet? Yeah. yeah. Okay. okay. I've seen I thought, all the old ones. I've I thought you seen ones. that one. Yeah. yeah, that one was pretty bad. That was the one where they like tried to tackle the whole geopolitical like Cold War stuff. Too. Oh yeah, he threw he threw the the uh, nuclear missiles into the sun, and uh, yeah, that was great. The bad guy showed up, <laughs> who conveniently looked like He Man, the bad guy in that movie, although a, a, a low rent He Man, I think. But uh, um. So yeah, this was at this the producers were making these two movies at the same time. So their their uh attention was split, obviously. And you can see you can tell how well that went over. Um and it was right after this movie that Canon Films went under. You know, they went out of business. Um they in fact they stopped production on this movie. And the director, I believe, had to really go to bat for them to get a little bit extra budget so they could hurry up and finish up that final fight scene, which is amazing. Yeah, um, super high quality. <laughs> yes, and and get that scene set up, and that's why in that fight scene, all of a sudden it gets really dark around them, and you can't <laughs> see any of the background. I, 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 you know, I have a suspicion they didn't even have the whole back lot that they had at the time because the production was shut down. They were going to throw away this movie because Canon Films was going under. Um, and then it was right after this, I believe, and the IMDb trivia points it out that uh, they had to sell back their rights to Spider-Man for non-payment, you know, and stuff. So, But they were going to make a Spider-Man movie after this. The goal for this movie was that it was going to make enough to fund the Spider-Man movie. Yeah. So we could have had a whole different Spider-Man if this would have, <laughs> if this would have gone so off. Because it would have been what? Uh, let's see. When was uh, Tobey Maguire Spider-Man? That was... Uh, 2000... Was it that late or is it 90? I know two. Two was 2002. I don't know when the first one was. I would argue that is about as early as we would want a Spider-Man. Any before then, and I don't think we would have had the the visuals that we got out of that. (laughs) Yeah. Those movies are actually pretty good. (laughs) Well, yeah. Yeah, they are. (laughs) And because they waited and they weren't done by canon films. So, you know, it's kind of funny. You know, the director was a nobody. He was picked for this because he did a, at uh, Universal Studios theme park, 
He created the Adventures of Conan, a sword and sorcery spectacular. Oh. He was the director of that, so that's why he got this job. That is because he directed a ride? Yes. That is so Well, funny. it was a spectacular, so it was a stage show. It was so at, le- at least it was a stage show, but and it was a Conan one, so obviously <laughs> it's a direct translation. But it's also the writer of The Dark Crystal, which we've talked about. Um the music on this one, did you recognize the music? It sounded really familiar. <laughs> it's the same guy who did the music for Rocky and Karate Kid. I didn't know Karate Kid, yes. but I knew he did Rocky. That's so funny. And then the VFX guy, Robert Edlund, was the name was the name that they specifically called out in this uh, one video I watched. He uh, worked on Star Wars. He worked on Ghostbusters, you know, and stuff like that. I just watched Ghostbusters the other day. Well, there you go. And obviously, he did better there than here. <laughs> So you got to you got to say, you know, based off of that alone, you had a decent not counting that director, but you know, you had some backing there that could have gave you a good film, but obviously the production, the producers and the um the director really dropped the ball on this one. Yeah. So. <laughs> um uh let's see. Who well, we got Dolph Lundgren. Yes. Who at wow. this time the only thing he had done was Drago. I, I think he had a, a bit part as a bad guy in one of the James Bond movies or something before this. But okay. then he was Drago, and then he was this. And um, you can tell in his lines that he was not a skilled actor yet. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, his and delivery was a little stunted. They had specifically said that they had planned to dub him over with an English actor. Uh, all his lines were going to be dubbed over. But in his contract, he specifically had it in his contract that he got three attempts to record the lines before they could overdub them. And they decided that it was cheaper to just use his lines than to make him do it, than to record him three times before then recording somebody else. So obviously there's a budget cut budget consideration for you there. But uh, so Dolph Lundgren, I, I was trying to think, I can't think of a single other movie I've seen him in other than Rocky. Have you seen the expendables? I have not. I mean, by the time we get to the Expendables and stuff, um, obviously he's an older actor who's been in the business. Uh, um, so you talk about Expendables, you talk about Creed, right? Oh, yeah. He was in Creed too, right? Yeah, I forgot about that part. Yeah, I, 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 I got to rewatch those. But um, so I mean, we've got that in right now. Recently, um, he was in a, uh, I think it was uh, Johnny Mnemonic. Okay. Uh, which is a uh, maybe that's a movie we should watch it. What's it's not one I burned up, but I remember it from back in the day. But it's a young Keanu Reeves. Oh, great! Uh, and of course, it's hackers, you know, storing stuff in memory and and stuff. And I, I'm pretty sure that was it. And he is a priest in that, a crazy priest who's out to kill everyone or something. It, there's some <laughs> a uh, wild character. I know. Uh, it's it's pretty exciting, but. Uh, I, other than that, yeah, I mean, it took some time for him. And, you know, in interviews, it's it. he's uh, back and forth on this one. He, at the time, he says, most of the time you talk to him uh, about this movie and in interviews and stuff, and he's pretty disappointed by it. He figured he was playing a doll. You know, he didn't like running around in his underwear like he did, you know, and stuff. He He complains about it. And he says it was one of his worst experiences, which as a young actor and stuff, that kind of thing you can tell <laughs> um but he i mean he uh, i did notice in a couple documentaries and stuff that even though he uh 
isn't super pleased with the role. He also is quick to, uh, you know, sign things when people bring up He-Man stuff, he'll sign it, you know, and stuff. So, I mean, he's, he's good natured about it, which is good. Mm. Um, on the other side of that, you got Frank Langella, Lang, Langella, Oscar nominated Frank Langella is as Skeletor. Uh, of course, he was, you know, he's uh, nominated and won some awards for Frost Nixon recently and stuff. Um, I know him as the uh, the the uh, bad politician in the movie Dave, which is kind of fun with uh, um, Kevin Klein. Um, it's a good movie. It's a fun movie. Um, but he's been in quite a few things. Uh, he will go on the record and say this was his favorite film that he did. Really? <laughs> as Skeletor. He really loved it. He said he took the job because his kid loved He-Man, you know, and stuff. You know, we always, seems like for all of these movies, there's always somebody who said they did it because their kid, for their kids, you know, right. and stuff. But, uh, but he's gone on record and said this is probably the favorite thing he's been in. And, and I got to assume it's just because it was fun. But, <laughs> yeah. Um, he I, actually, was, he was pretty good. You know, some of the lines were obviously pretty poorly written <laughs> yeah. but there was a lot of this stuff that i actually was like Ooh, this is interesting well and you never watched the cartoons i don't know if you've gone back and watched any of the old ones i, I know there was a resurgent when you and uh your brother were kids but uh that i tried to get you to enjoy and you never did um but uh you know skeletor you've seen the memes for skeletor i mean he's a meme uh but uh you know so obviously whatever he does it's going to be different yeah that. but uh you know, he, you can tell he had fun. And he even said he got all beefed up because if you look at the, well, you've seen the memes for Skeletor. He's a big beefy guy too, of course. Uh, he got all beefed up, but then they put the armor on him and stuff because they wanted him to look that way. So, The mask, I will say for Skeletor, was surprisingly good. The The lips obviously didn't move. <laughs> Like hardly ever. So well, he's, that a, awkward, he's a but. skull. He don't have lips. <laughs> but the rest of it was actually, it looked okay. It did. I mean, he, and he had fun with it. Um, the uh, actress that uh, Evil Lynn is her name. Uh, what a of course, from name. the comics, that Meg Foster is her name. Um, she wasn't very excited. She she didn't like the movie. Her her outfit. You saw her outfit. It uh, was it was made in some stiff material. She said she couldn't even sit down in it. She had bruising all over <laughs> from it. So she. She has all kinds of things to say about this movie. Um, of course, you got uh, Courtney Cox. Was seven years before Ace Ventura. Um, <laughs> Courtney Cox was in Ace Ventura. Yeah, she was in the first one. Remember? I really don't. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, she's the she's the uh, the love interest or whatever the <laughs> the one that hires him and stuff. But uh, and and friends, of course. Now, interestingly, interestingly enough. Um, and I know her as sorceress from the comic books, but the lady who dressed in white that Skeletor's sucking all the magic energy, she's she's part of Castle Grayskull, you know, and all that stuff. Um, that is played by Christina Pickles, who is Monica's, Monica's mom, mom on Friends. Yeah. So that's kind of fun. Did you notice that, uh, what is Courtney Cox's name? Julie, her boss at the diner, her name is Monica. No, I did not notice that. That's that's amazing. What a so many connections. <laughs> I do have to ask you, what is what is the importance of Castle Grayskull? Because they sort of acted like I at first I just assumed it was like, you know, the the main castle of mm. the area. But then like the more the, the the we went on in the movie, they started talking about it like it's like a nexus of like magic. I think it kind of was in the cartoons as well. So in the cartoons 
He-Man's castle was Castle Grayskull, and like it had that magical sorceress who was like tied into all of it, right? Um, and she was kind of the this power, and you know, like I said, they're called Master of the Universe, and He-Man would hold up his sword and say, "I have the power because it's magical," right? Uh, and now Skeletor had his own castle called Snake Mountain or something like that. But they always in the in the cartoons as well as this movie, they always wanted to take over Castle Grayskull. I guess it's it's that castle, you right. know, and stuff. So other than that, I was it's kind of fun. They they created that I had Castle Grayskull. It was a cool little open up set. Really? You would open it up and it would hold all your figures, but then it would, you know, it had a few like a trap door and, and the drawbridge would go down. But interestingly enough, when they first made it, He-Man wouldn't fit through the door. Oh, that's so funny. But uh, yeah, I mean, Castle Grayskull was a cool toy. I, I carried that around for years, um, you know, with all my He-Man guys. Um, but yeah, it, that's the thing. A lot of people were pretty disappointed in this movie. And we got some uh, like a beast Beast Man, I think his name is. He was in there. Uh, he was a figure I had. Um, but a couple of the other ones were made up for the show, like that Blade dude or whatever that had the eye patch yeah, and the spikes. Um, that's actually, he is the uh, stunt guy, of course. And he taught Dolph to use the uh, um, the sword. And in the final battle, he's the one in the Skeletor suit. Oh, so, okay. Um and then the uh, the the one new guy they made that little lizard looking dude he was new for the movie and they killed him off right away. So uh, interestingly, another thing um, it came down from the toy company that they they required that He Man could not kill anyone. So that's why all the bad guy henchmen were robots. Oh, that's, I didn't even know they were robots. Yeah, that's the only way they would let He Man kill anyone. Now that was the the um, the missive at the beginning of production. By the end of production, I think they kind of gave up because the toys were actually falling in popularity oh. before the movie was done. It they were kind of on their last legs, and I remember some of the last He Man's last series of, of action figures that came out. But uh, um, it was it was falling down. They were losing all all kinds of popularity and stuff. And uh, um, so then at, I think at the end they finally said, "Well, okay, he can do it. You know, make it a little edgier and stuff." Well, by then production was mostly done, and like I said, they were losing money and. Didn't change anything. Yeah. Uh, we also get uh, uh, James Tolkien. I don't know if you recognized him. He's the bald guy from, uh, well, Back to the Future. And and uh, he was also uh, the guy from uh, um, at the beginning of the original Top Gun. He, he's a, he was the authority figure in every 80s movie, as they call him. But he... He was the he was in there as the detective or whatever. You know, he's he's got that uh, voice. You recognize him. Maybe I do more than you, I guess. But uh, <laughs> um, he was in there. And then, of course, Billy Barty. Uh, I think I mentioned him uh, from Willow. Of course, he yeah. was the the High Aldwin in, Wildo, in Willow. He was a new character um, in the comics or in the cartoons. They had a little wizard guy named Orko. Who, uh, and I had his figure. I remember having his figure. Uh, but he is a you know a little a little dude with a, a robe and no face. It just kind of a, he looks like a, a Jawa in a way. Okay, uh, but they couldn't figure out how to do that, so they made up a Billy Barty with a, a melting face makeup, and, <laughs> yeah. and that was their wizard guy, I guess. But the the names in this whole thing are just so stupid. He Man, first of all, is the worst name <laughs> ever. Skeletor. A little on the nose. Gwildor? 
That's just dumb. Well, Gwildor's movie, that's the movie's fault. Evil Lynn is a, is a cartoon. Yeah, Evil yes. Lynn? The, what? They just, uh, how did uh, they come up with that? They were who like, else we got? Men at, Man at Arms. Now, that one was a little bit more interesting. They there. said his real name once. They called him Man at Arms for the whole movie, except for once when they're like, and this is Duncan. <laughs> I I got to think, that, and I had Man of Arms, Man at Arms, uh, um, I think that that was what he was called as a as an action figure, man at arms. Um, well, okay, so I'll give you one guess. Now, of course, with uh, these cartoons back in the day, uh, they always had to bring in the the. Uh, they actually found that they had a big girl audience for the show, so they brought in uh, He Man's sister or cousin. I'll give you one guess what her name was. Oh, is that oh, yeah. She-Ra? There you go, <laughs> yeah, She-Ra. So He-Man and She-Ra. Wow, it's so great. And Beast-Man, of course. Yeah, there Beast you go. Beast-Man. What a stupid name, because there was only one person from that group that wasn't a beast, and it was Blade. <laughs> Blade. Another character that they just made up that you just said. Yeah, I think he was a movie only, and Sorod was the lizard dude. He was movie only. Karg was the, the like the weird little uh, one who looked like one of those poofy dogs. Yeah, I don't remember Karg being a com or a car, uh, uh, an action figure either. You know, yeah. See, that's the thing, and a lot of people, of course, back in the day, were upset that. I mean, the big thing about He Man was we had been watching these cartoons for years. We had been collecting all the dudes. We had the Ram Man, who was a dude whose head would pop out, and he would. <laughs> Knock people over. Um, there was uh, um, Trap Jaw was a cool one. And he had a little metal jaw uh, that he could bite people <laughs> with. There was a snake dude towards the end when they were trying to build up some some more characters. Um, yeah, so they had all of these guys. And, of course, we didn't get any of them because the first thing they do to save money is get off of Eternia and go to present day earth yeah you know <laughs> yeah so it's cheaper but that weird uh, the cosmic key was where did they even come up how many what drugs were they on when they came up with that well they had to that figure is, out a way to get them to earth i guess but that was so dumb it's just like 80 tuning forks that just spin it's a japanese synthesizer <laughs> according to uh uh, what was his name? I can't remember his name, but his name, the Kevin. actor's name is Robin Duncan McNeil. Robert, Robert Duncan McNeil. Kevin Corrigan. Now, I don't know. I don't think you've got through all the Star Trek watching, but if you ever watched Star Trek Voyager, he was a main guy on Voyager. Oh, okay. He also had a bit part. He was one of the, um, the students with Wesley at uh, Starfleet Academy in Next Generation. But then when Voyager came around, I think he's a different. If I remember right, he's a whole different character. But oh, okay. so they just use, reuse the actor, I guess. When did Voyager come out? Roughly? Voyager, I I gotta think that I think that Voyager was towards the end. I think it actually happened at the end of Next Generation because you know you've got Next Generation, you've got some overlapping with Deep Space Nine, and then Deep Space Nine lasted longer than Next Generation. I think Voyager actually starts out at Deep Space Nine before it gets lost. Spoiler alert, gets lost uh, <laughs> yeah, in the whole... Well, that's the first episode. That's the premise of oh, Voyager. I well, I, I have no, I have no idea. The, the premise of Voyager is that they, they hit a wormhole and get lost. Oh, I thought... And then they spend the entire rest of the series trying to get back to their space. I thought you meant DS9 got lost. No, that's Somehow, a whole different thing. They, they have a wormhole there, but that, that DS9 doesn't move anywhere. 
They do have a little ship that they eventually start in later seasons start flying around. Now, I will say that everybody thinks DS9 is better than all of the Star Trek series. I got to go back and rewatch it sometime. So. Yeah, I'll watch it at some point. <laughs> I'm sure you will. That'll be your, the next rewatch for you. That's just going to take me so long. Yeah, there's a lot. I couldn't even get through the original series. There is a lot of uh, stuff to to do if on a Star Wars re- Star Trek rewatch. <laughs> so, just on like a note of like genre, <laughs> I hate like anything where it's like a weird mix of medieval and sci-fi. I hate that so much. Well, when there's lasers and like just metal swords, that irks me so much. Well, and the best part is, and I, you know, you know, we love those uh, the videos on YouTube, the uh, honest trailers. Oh, yeah. If you watch the honest trailer for this one, he says, and he's got a sword on, or he's got, he carries around his giant sword to balance out his shooting arm, and then they show him <laughs> shooting everybody with it. But. Yeah. Yeah, you know, I mean, so that's the thing is you got Star Wars, which was always supposed to be the, um, you know, the samurai in space, right? It's supposed to be a space fantasy, a space opera. And everybody's trying to do that. Right. You know, it's a whole different thing, right? It's just not quite working out for anybody else. For some reason, it's just not quite working out the way that Star Wars hit. Right. You know, and well, and I think part of that is because Star Wars, yeah, it's like samurai, but they still make it like futuristic because he's got a laser sword in this he literally just used a regular steel sword it's a magic sword oh sorry i forgot now here's the deal in the now i'm gonna i'm gonna show my uh uh forgetfulness here there the sword of power was actually two swords and skeletor had one and he-Man had the other, and then you'd put them together for the real sort of power. Oh. But I don't, they obviously didn't play that here, although eventually, you know, Skeletor took it so that, because then he'd have all the powers of Grayskull and blah, 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 right? So, uh, there's a lot to it. But yeah, I, yeah, I get, that's the thing. There is the, and well, when we go back to Krull, you know, same kind of thing, where you've got the the um, dude shooting. Now, Krull, they tried to make it a little different as if they were uh, one-shots. Right. You remember when we first talked about that movie, they the Slayers would take one shot and then they'd have to turn it around and go after you. Right. right. Which was stupid. If you got a ray gun, it can shoot more than <laughs> one. But I guess maybe it takes a lot of energy to power up a shot. I, we haven't developed it yet, so who knows? We could be wrong. But yeah, it is. And, and it is the, the trying to mix the futuristic and the and the fantasy that nobody else seems to be able to hit quite right. I, I you know, I guess if we look at... Um, you know, Stargate kind of did that good, but that was more of a sci-fi show that just happened to have uh, these Egyptian god type guys. But, you know, I guess even then they had lasers and stuff. So I don't know. We'll have to see. We'll get to something eventually. Maybe we'll find another good example of it at some point. Were there like lasers and stuff in the cartoon too? Or was, or was the cartoon more of like a sort of fantasy? Because in my head, I'd, I'd always, I, granted, I'd never seen it, and I obviously never played with the action figures, but in my head, He-Man was always like this sort of fantasy epic, and I didn't I didn't. It definitely that. was, and I'm trying to think back. I think back Man-at-Arms had a mace, if I remember right. Um, I don't remember as many guns as we do in this, in this movie. I think you're right on that, and... You know, I'd have to, like I say, it's not like I go back and revisit it very often. Um, 
I do remember, I mean, obviously, like I say, man at arms, the big one about him was he was the, the man at arms. He was the quartermaster or whatever. He had all the weapons. Yeah. Um, but I, uh, I don't remember a lot of lasers. I could be wrong on that one, but there was magic. Orko was magic and Evelyn was a magic user, of course. Um, and, uh, Skeletor had his staff, but, uh, yeah, now that you say that I'm trying to think back and I don't recall nearly as much in the way of, uh, weapon or, or ranged weapons, I guess. Mm. I guess another question I have, <laughs> um, like what, what was, how do I, I don't even know how to ask, ask this without sounding stupid. What was Skeletor doing? Like, what was his goal? Like what was what is the the eye of the universe or whatever eye of the what is it called? That part I don't know. I do think that what was what it's basically the uh, all the power thing. And if and if you like, you say Castle Grayskull was the ley lines, the nexus of power or whatever. And I think that if I remember right, I remember hearing something about there was actually a, a couple scenes that were removed for for budget, where once he got control of. Castle Grayskull, he actually decimated a bunch of places oh. or, or might have been in the script or some scripted out or something where once he had that power, he actually did take out a bunch of people, you know, and, and start oppressing the world, you know, and stuff like that. So I, I think there's something to that. And there's also there's a deleted scene uh, where or there was going to be an end credit scene or a deleted scene or something where um Man at Arms was going to find the American flag in the basement of Castle Grayskull, meaning like it used to be, you know, like a Planet of the Apes things. It used oh. to be the United States or, or you know, Earthlings came to this other planet years and years ago. And then, it, you know, and, and that sort of thing. So <laughs> there was going to be a little twist there on that. On that that would have been so stupid. I wish they'd done that. That would have been hilarious. <laughs> well, they couldn't have done much worse, but... Um, I, they did have a sequel planned. They had a sequel all planned out. Now, it wasn't going to be Dolph Lundgren. It was going to be some surfer who was going to be a He-Man. Um, they had it all planned out. They even had they even started working on it before Canon Films went under. Um, and they took a lot of the stuff and turned it into a Jean-Claude Van Damme uh, movie called Cyborg mm. um, that, that they just pushed out to get out kind of thing. Um but in that, there was plans for, I believe Skeletor was going to come to Earth and start wreaking havoc or something like that. Doing something crazy. You know, that kind of thing was, was what the sequel was going to be. So so they did have something planned where he was going to be able to do some real damage. But, uh, of course, like I said, Canon Films went under and they lost it all and <laughs> gave up. So. Ruined everything. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I did see, speaking of, of movies, though... Allegedly, they're making another live-action Masters of the Universe movie. And I guess they were going to make it. It was supposed to be recently, like, 2019. But then, obviously, it got delayed and delayed. And now, allegedly, Netflix has picked it up. Well, so, you know, I mean, you, you think of Michael Bay's uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. You know, that actually made some money, right? Yeah. So, there is that nostalgia thing again. I mean, they're going to get... They might be pushing it though. I mean, they're getting they're getting a little old, and people like me are getting a little old to try to force. Uh, I mean, now it's me trying to force my grandkids into He Man. <laughs> you know, it's, I can't I can't force you guys into it anymore into my nostalgia as much. So I'm not sure that one might get be a little past its due on that. But uh, 
It would be interesting to see. So, well, but uh, I wonder if they're doing now. He-Man has has a resurgence. If you look, um, um, Kevin Smith mm. did the He-Man um, anime. I thought it was on Netflix. Maybe this is what you're talking about. Uh, Kevin Smith did a thing, and it actually had some pretty good reviews. I even watched an episode of it, and it was looking, um, and it's pretty neat, but it is more of an anime-based thing on Netflix. There we go. Masters of the Universe oh. Revelation. Um, it's worth it's worth a viewing. I watched a, a little bit of it before I had to turn it off. But, uh, you know, Kevin Smith, of course, he's huge into that stuff, right? right. I mean, he, he loves that kind of thing. So I can see his take on it being uh, being pretty good. So it might be worth a viewing just to see where he takes it. I just saw that Mark Hamill is Skeletor, so I'm in. <laughs> of course I'm he loved. is. Mark Hamill is set is like the he's got such a great voice. Oh yeah, and he and he works it just right. Although didn't he say? He, uh, and I got to think that his voice is doing the thing that he said he couldn't do anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was like, I got to stop doing Joker. And now here he is doing this. Oh man. But yeah, this actually got some good reviews, some good uh, callback. I mean, maybe we should watch it and do a, a retrospective one sometime. But oh, uh, that'd be fun. I think it was only like what? What did it say? Twenty episodes or something like that. I well, it said I think they actually got renewed for. I think they were planning another season, if I remember right. So this says two seasons. Oh, only a few episodes each season, so it'd be nice and quick. So maybe that maybe that is just a maybe it was just a trial thing, but. But yeah, no, I for sure I know that they're doing a, a live action movie. Okay, or at least they were. Well, I wonder if, like I, I said, this got some this got some good um, good response. This Kevin Smith stuff did get some good response when it came out. So I wonder if they're trying to build off of that. I wonder if he's involved in it. So. Time Cop. That sounds like a great movie. Oh, it is. <laughs> that one's actually kind of fun. Yeah. There, we'll gotta add that, add that one to the list. <laughs> sure. I mean, that that was a little later year, so that wasn't a uh, a kid burning the the DV the CD up on that one. But uh, no, I mean, so again, this one is another one that because I grew up with the uh, cartoons and everything, I ran with it, you know, and and watched it, and even I was disappointed by it. <laughs> Did you watch this when it came out? Yeah, I did. You know, again, I can't remember specifically if it was a theater trip or. I do remember having the D, the uh, VHS and watching it over and over again, just because that's the way it that's that was my streaming. Um, but uh, you know, it, it was another one of those that, yeah, of course, I, I watched it and knew all the ins and outs of it. Um, and you know, like I said, they had um, He Man in there, and then they had your '80s people in there, like that dude from Back to the Future and stuff. So they had those kind of things in there. Had it all kind of grouped up together, just kind of worked. There's some interesting stuff going on there. <laughs> yeah, there, there is. I don't know. Did you watch for the the? Uh, uh, there's a mid credit scene. Oh no! I, I turned <laughs> it off right away. <laughs> there is a scene, uh, and they actually had Franklin Jella come back in just to reshoot this scene. And all they did, they had a vat of some kind of red bubbly water, and the and Skeletor's head pops up, and he says, "I'll be back." Oh, of course he's not. <laughs> But you know, uh, you know, Franklin. There it is. That's this. That's it right there. <laughs> I so, wish I'd seen that. You, yeah, that's definitely something you got to have as some Whoa. kind of a, uh, a ringtone or something. <laughs> that is so funny. This there was like a few scenes uh, in this movie where I was actually like, "This is a pretty." I like this camera angle. Like it, it was like 
actually interesting. But then there were weird, like, you know, typical 80s movie scenes where it's like just a still and the guy walks really close to his face is right in the camera. Yeah, it was definitely a, um, of the time. And like I said, I mean, obviously it was low budget. Uh, I think, yeah, I, you know, we normally bring it up. I think this, uh, they ended up being a budget of $22 million. It only made $17 million. Oh, so wow. obviously it flopped. Um, another reason, Canon Films. And there is actually a documentary out there about that Canon Films. It's kind of interesting. Um, to see all the thi- all the properties they had, which right now we equate with, you know, the tentpole big money films, and they just blew it. You know, right. they, they lost it all. So, oh, that kid right there—that's <laughs> such okay. a crazy picture. <laughs> there was a so there was a contest, and you could be in the movie, right? So a kid won this contest, and you you don't notice it. But at some point when uh, Skeletor is in Castle Grayskull, he's walking by and there is a, 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 a little person in a pig costume, a pig face, <laughs> and he hands him his staff. He's just standing there, and that's this kid who won a contest. And on the credits, he's credited as Pig Boy. <laughs> that's so funny. But yeah, he won a costume. I mean, they or a contest. They were, they were trying to... Uh, you know, they're trying to market it, do you do all the marketing things. We've talked right. about fun marketing things we've done in the past, but yeah, there he is again. Um What is that cap he's got on? Well, I'm sure it's a uh a T Man official, but yeah. Oh that yeah, that does from this angle, that looks like it would be uncomfortable. And it wasn't made you know, nowadays people would make those costumes and they would make them um, you know, comfortable to wear. You know, and we think about all the weird things that superheroes have to wear, but that Meg uh, Foster complained constantly. She said it was probably one of her worst experiences. She couldn't sit down and she had bruising all around here because of just the angle and the edges on it and stuff. But it was, uh, you know, it was, there he is. There's pig boy. (laughs) There's a lot of pictures of pig boy on IMDb. They really wanted to show that off, I guess, but (laughs) is that him again? <laughs> there he is again. Who's this little girl? And that little girl, even littler, must be a little sister or something. That's Karg, I think. I I do have to say, you know, like I say, the the uh, special effects were done by a Star Wars guy, um, and you can see that there's some shots that actually you know, that come that turned out pretty good. You know, that obviously there's others that you can tell it's a budget thing, but you can tell what they're doing now. This uh, the set for Grayskull, they said it took up two whole sound stages because it was so massive and really? stuff. So they they tried, they tried hard, and it just didn't just didn't fly. Yeah, yeah. I do like the like the design of this little throne room area. It is kind of cool. I mean, it's a little. It obviously looks weird now <laughs> with this just random dude standing there, but it's 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 a cool layout. I think. Yeah, they definitely, I think that's, is that the director? Yeah. Yeah, Gary Goddard. Gary Goddard. Yeah, it's definitely, um, like I said, it's another of the times thing. And and part of it, again, the reason I wanted to bring it up was because, I, you know, I grew up, I mean, the, the He-Man toys and cartoon were the main thing. This movie was just a byproduct of that. Right. Um, but those were huge in my day. They they were on par with Star Wars at the time when it came to action figures because ev- they had so many different He-Man guys to get, you know, and stuff. And, and it was a collect them all kind of thing. And, and, you know, I got to think back in the day, and of course I'm a kid, so I don't really remember 
um, back in the day. But I feel like on par money wise, they were about the same. You know, you get a, this fun big action figure and stuff. And I remember playing out in the yard with the neighbors all the time. You know, and playing with those action figures. Mm-hmm. It was just it was a big part of my childhood. And then the cartoon, of course, was there. And the cartoon, I think, like I say, if you watch that uh, Toys That Made Us, the, the cartoon was even more than anything. It was only there for the action figures. Same right. way Transformers was. Transformers at the time, the reason they made the Transformers movie in 84 was because they needed to bring in the new line of Transformers, right? They, they switched over from season one to season two of the cartoon by, spoiler alert, killing off Optimus Prime and bringing in the new Rodimus Prime, right? And that was how they did those cartoons back in the day. Even G.I. Joe back in the day was all about, there was a G.I. Joe movie back in the day just so that they could bring in all those, all these new, uh, new guys, you know? So. Yeah. <laughs> the way that you rattled off those the Autobot names was so It almost sounds like I'm still into them, but I'm not. It's just <laughs> that ingrained in my, in the uh, psyche. But. That was really his name? Rodimus Prime. Rodimus. Well, because he was Hot Rod before he grew up and became a leader. Oh. So he, then he had to become Rodimus Prime. Duh. Obviously. <laughs> it's so crazy to me that, like, Star Wars is was, like, that so influential in, like, everything. <laughs> Every aspect of, like, the culture yeah, for that I mean, the, the point of Star Wars, I mean, the way that George Lucas did the marketing of toys or, or merchandising, I mean, that was a master class in how you do that and how you build that up. And then, again, that's another thing that everybody tried to emulate and get done. Now, of course, like I said, G.I. Joe was huge. Turtles, after G.I. Joe, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles were awesome. You know, right? Everybody was getting into those, and they were all over the place. And then you had the Turtles cartoon, you know, um, and that kind of thing. And it, it's just the way that that all worked out. That was how you did things. And, again, I'm sure that part of that was, um, you know, the the fact that as kids we were focused on that. You know, nowadays there's a, there's so many different options, so many different distractions. I mean, not, we think of, um, or, you know, my grandbaby uh, – She's got her cartoons and stuff, but there's still so many different options. It's not like you say, you know, when I was a kid and you hear this from grandma right now, when she asks about what's, what are they into? Well, in my day, it was, what are they into? He-Man. Okay. I can get him He-Man. Right. Right. But nowadays it's a whole different thing because there isn't that focus or there, you know, there isn't that one big thing going as much. Yeah. It's the market is really saturated. Yeah. 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 Um, Talking about Star Wars, they didn't even try to make them not look the bad guys, that is. They didn't even try to make them not look like Stormtroopers. Well, of course not. Well, first of all, they had to be robots, like I said, so you could kill them. Uh, but again, this is the, well, 87, and we're done with Return of the Jedi, of course. This is the the, the next, we're trying to make the movie with the action figures because that's what Star Wars did, right? So, and, and I know that some of the taglines and marketing when they were really trying to push it were the new star Wars or the next star. Oh, so they didn't even try to hide it. No, they were really going out there and and trying to market it that way too. It really, man, looking at the poster, he really, it looks just like an action figure. It's, Oh yeah. And it's so, 
Even in the poster there, he's got a big gun where he's holding the sword on the side. He can't even see it, but it's focused on his nice big rifle you know, and stuff. So. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Man, I feel like that, that sword is kind of a missed opportunity if they'd made that a little cooler, showcase a little more. That would have been a good toy. It would have been on the wall over there. <laughs> <laughs> well, it still have to be. Just next to the Thundercat sword. Oh, we should watch Thundercats. I love Thundercats. I've already seen it, but we should still watch it for this. Well, yeah, the classic cartoons. I can still remember one episode where Lionel had to do all the trials against all the other ones. Yeah, yeah that's just so good. <laughs> I forgot about Thundercats. They have a not important. <laughs> um, but I suppose that probably about wraps us up. I think so. I think we've burnt this one down. So. I gave it a solid probably five stars. Six, if I'm being really generous. <laughs> I was going to say, that's pretty heavy there. I'm trying to think, what was our George Lucas uh, trash? Uh, could be better, <laughs> or uh, I can't remember what the third one was, but uh, there, there's three things there. We had trash, could be better, or... Uh, was it just okay? I think it was just like okay or something yeah, like I that. I think this yes. is could be better. <laughs> this could be better. This could be better. We'll stick with it could be better. Um, yeah. Well, it, it was at least like, you know, obviously it wasn't exactly a great movie. But apart from all, or rather, unlike all the other ones we've seen, apart from Last Starfighter, this one actually had, you know, a story. Like, they tried to move the plot, <laughs> and while it was still stupid... They, they tried to create a story. <laughs> they tried to make a cohesive through line. <laughs> well, what's the ruling? Do we recommend this one, or do we we say, go watch a YouTube video and call it good? Uh, I, I wouldn't watch it. <laughs> I wouldn't have watched it. Um... I'll probably never watch it again. It's not even a, a to steal something from another podcast. It's not, it's not even a brown arrow. There's there's green arrow for recommend, or red arrow for don't recommend, or there's brown arrow, which is recommended just because it sucks. <laughs> yeah, no. I don't even know this, if we go that far. Yeah, this is in like a weird stage where it's it's not like the Star Wars holiday special where it's so bad that you should watch it. <laughs> it's not. Like, it's not a like cultural icon. No, I would. So here's the deal. If I wanted somebody to know about He-Man, I would say go back and grab a cartoon. I wouldn't <laughs> yeah. say watch this movie. Right. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, so with that, we uh, that will we'll end it there. We will catch you next week then. <laughs>